You're listening to the Commercial Finance Podcast by Lee Chandler, where we discuss industry insights, tips about lending, capital finance, business acquisitions. The worst investment you can have is cash. Real estate acquisitions. Your financial advice depends on who you are. And everything in between. This is the Commercial Finance Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Commercial Finance Podcast. Today we have an amazing guest with us. His name is Sam Zaynaid. And we are going to get into some important things, especially for our listeners who are uh, dentists, uh, physicians, veterinarians, and the like. So Sam, how are you, sir? Doing well, doing well. How are you, how are you doing? <sighs> I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Good, good to be here. All right. So we're going to, we're basically going to start off, Sam, can you let uh, the listeners know uh, what your specialty is and what you work on the most? Sure, absolutely. So I am part of Huntington's Practice Finance Group. What that means is I work with, it's a specialty financing that I help work with dentists, medical doctors, and veterinarians to help them buy a practice, start up a practice, expand the practice, grow their practice, sell their practice, anything involving their practice. Um, so we work a lot with the private practice owners. Um, and essentially we try to help them through various ways, whether it's through financing, consultation, adding value to them. Most doctors don't know where they, you know, where to start. So a lot of times they'll start with either CPA or they'll start with their banker. Hopefully that banker would be me. And we kind of, we, 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 we just talk either whether it's dentistry or medicine, or, you know, veterinarian, we, we'll talk about what their passion is, what their interest is, what their strategy is, what they want to do in life. And we'll make a lot of connections with those people. So uh, we don't charge, obviously, for talking to clients, um, where you might get a lot of attorneys or CPAs that do charge for their time. Um, we like to add value added. And by doing so, we'll make introductions to, you know, here's someone you can speak to for some consultation on buying a practice, here's someone you can talk to as a, dent, a very specific dental CPA, dental attorney, uh, dental broker, um, to, to kind of get, open our Rolodex to you. It's a very small community in the, you know, say the practice finance um, world. Many people kind of do know each other, but we're all experts within this specialty finance. That's awesome, that's awesome. Um, one of the things that maybe people are, are wondering is why would a physician want to buy a practice? Why not start their own practice, right? Yeah, no. Uh, so we get that uh, many, many times, whether it's acquiring a practice or doing a startup. So it's one of the first questions we ask. Um, and there's pros and cons to everything like, like there is in life. You know, if you're, you know, a starting a, uh, looking to buy a practice, we call it an acquisition. Um, you're essentially taking over a practice that a doctor's either retiring, relocating, uh, and you're taking over their patient space. So what's the great thing about doing an acquisition is that you have patients already that are existing, you know, and you have cash flow that's being produced at the practice. You have a staff in place, you have uh, equipment in place, um, and essentially you're just taking over and becoming the, the new owner of that practice and making that transition over a doctor. So when you do a loan, you're typically, you already have cash flow to help pay for your loan and pay for your personal liabilities. When you're starting a practice, 
Now, the one con to it, uh, an acquisition is you might not have the perfect practice, meaning you might not have enough um, chairs that you're looking for, uh, operatory chairs. You might not have the flow through of the practice. It might not be the nicest practice. You might have some outdated equipment. Uh, when you do start a practice, uh, and you essentially it's kind of like building a house to get the perfect house. You can have it exactly how you want to. Um, but the con to it is that uh, you have no patient base and no cash flow. So it's you're going to spend some marketing dollars building up that practice. But once you get it up and running, um, that you're going to, you know, you're going to really enjoy your practice and, you know, you can probably take it to a different level. And there's no limitations that when you start up a practice. So it's a lot of hard work in the beginning. A lot of people like to do startup practices. Um, you know, you're going to be a little bit in the in debt because you're, you know, obviously your loan payments are going to be greater than your um, actual income. But the bank does a really good job of helping these clients, helping, you know, uh, we do have an interest only option. So you're not paying principal upfront, giving your time for your practice to start growing as well as same thing for an acquisition. Um, we also have a post program that we like to help both first time acquisition owners and also startups where we give a free consultation for the first 24 months and it helps you know our doctors succeed within their practice. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's, that's really hands-on and that's needed. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So most of us understand that many uh, physicians may have, a, you know, high income, right? Mm -hmm. And, but they still have challenges, right? When it comes to everyday life and different things like that. What have you noticed to be the common challenges when it comes to someone looking to uh, acquire a new business or startup? Yeah. Um, so when we look to help a doctor finance a, a practice of their own, um, you know, we, we look at two things. One is We'll look at what is the practice that you're looking to buy or start up, um, and what are your existing personal uh, liabilities. So when I say personal existing liabilities, it may be um, school debt that you had. I mean, you spent many years going to, to school and well deserved, but yet that 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 is pretty hefty. Um, you also, you know, you have to have living expenses. Do you rent? Do you own? Do you have a car payment? Um, do you have a family of kids? So 75% um, actually of our financing will be looked at the practice you're looking to buy and the 25% will be on you. So the 25% we're looking for, how much have you saved in liquidity um, and how big is your, your liabilities? Now on the practice itself that you're looking to buy, well, that's the one that produces the cash flow. So every practice is different from one from the other. There are smaller practices, there are bigger practices. Does this practice produce enough cash flow to support itself and the loan, as well as your personal liabilities? That's awesome. One of the things I think is great with acquisitions is that you're able to use that subject, that subject uh, purchase to mm -hmm. help qualify for that loan. Um, and so in doing that, you guys, I'm sure you guys in your underwriting use like a debt service coverage ratio. How does that work with you guys? Yeah, so we want to make sure that uh, you know the, the the practice can support itself and the liabilities. So what we do is we'll calculate, you know, what is the adjusted practice cash flow. So when a doctor is looking to buy a practice, you know, we have what we call the pre-acquisition and post-acquisition. How does it look before the doctor is buying this practice, and how is it going to look once a new doctor comes into there? So we you know we make some adjustments. We do some addbacks into there. We may 
you know, add back some depreciation, some, some rent expense, but we're also going to, you know, input like the new doctor salary. Now is the seller going to stay on board or are they leaving the practice entirely? Now, if they're staying on board, well, guess what? That's an extra expense, right? Some people feel like it's, you know, it's necessary to introduce the new clients to the, to, you know, to the new doctor. And some, you know, feel like it's a conflict of interest. They don't want the doctor there, the seller there. Um, so we'll look at that and we'll also look at, you know, what is his personal obligation already? Can the cash flow after the post acquisition support the loan and support the car payment, the house payment, uh, your child going to school, your credit card debt? Um, all, all these things are important and to, and to qualifying. So, we, so we'll do a combined global debt service coverage. So this is taking the business and the personal, combining it together and saying at the end of the day, for every dollar you, uh, we're lending you, this is how much you make. Um, we obviously don't, if, it, if the numbers don't work out, if the expenses, if this practice does not make enough money, support all this, well, it's, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense from a, a financing perspective um, to do this. So we do have a certain ratio um, we like internally to use, but it's, it's greater than one. So greater than one means for every dollar you spend, every dollar you earn, so. Which is, which is great, which is great. Yeah. Um, Hank, was there something you wanted to add? Sorry. Uh, the, in, in going through the, the, the process, Sam, do you help doctors to structure their personal salary uh, in a manner to ensure that they're able to get the deal done? Because in typically the doctor wants to give themselves, you know, quarter million dollar salary right out the shoot when they don't have, you know, anything. So do, uh, you know, in your process, do you yeah. Tell them, hey, Hank, that's all well and good, but uh, we, we would recommend that you may not give yourself a draw other than living expenses for the first year or so. So what we like to do is, and that's a great question, um, is we'll look at what the seller has paid himself historically. And okay. that's either through a salary and through uh, pass-through income. So whatever's net profit at the end of the day after all expenses. So some people will take that out of the distribution. Some people will leave it into the practice um, for some of their retained earnings. Uh, but essentially we'll take the new doctor and we'll place him with that. So that will be his assumed salary. Now we can't make the doctor right. mm -hmm. that exact same amount for the following year. I mean, once the loan is done, it's done. But we just mm -hmm. hope that the doctor doesn't take out more money than the practice can you know, uh, produce. Otherwise, it's not going to look pretty good uh, uh, at the year end, you know, and it's probably going to run the practice into the ground. My other question is, say, for instance, I wanted to buy a practice and um, going through the due diligence process, the, the practice is showing receivables of, of X, say, say, say 300,000. Okay. Who determines the the aging and or the you know a an estimated value of those three hundred thousand in receivables? Because sure, good question. So that gets worked out between the attorney. Now we'll ask the questions: Are you going to assume the receivables of the seller? Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it's no. Most of the time, the seller would, would, would re still receive all those 
host it. Sometimes they'll, they'll make it a certain date, right? That they can um, have it. But uh, a lot of times it's not included in the sale of the, of, of the transaction, but sometimes it is. Sometimes like, yes, we're, we're gonna take over his receivables. It depends really how much it is. And uh, I guess part of the, 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 the asset purchase, right? What's included? Is goodwill included? Is the patient, is the cash flow? Is the AR included? Is this equipment included? So all that gets worked out between the attorneys. And that's why it's really important to have a very specific dental attorney or a medical attorney to help you with these transactions because they've been through many of them. So you can get an ordinary attorney, but they might not have the experience that they've seen this many, many times over to help protect you, whether you're the buyer or whether you're the seller. What kind of questions um, would you ask for a practice that might show 5,000 patients? Um, as a, a number of 5,000 as, as a patient count, but some of those patients haven't seen the doctor in the last three or four years. Is there some way to validate, verify a patient count? Yeah, so what, what practices will typically have is they'll have uh, total active, total patients, right? So say that's 5,000, but mm -hmm. we'll also look at something called active patients. An active patient, you like to determine with teen about 24 months. So what is your number of active patients? Good. So the good thing about nowadays is you know, we have, there's technology. So a lot of the software the doctors use can be able to give you all that information. One last time I had a dental cleaning. One last time I, I you know, I did a checkup, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You can get, you can get a procedures count. And we do see that number sometimes a little bit off. It, you know, it, it gives us a question, why is that low? For example, I had an orthodontic practice that I was doing a, 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 a financing for, and we noticed that active patients was less. Well, there's a couple of things that contributed it. People don't realize once you dig deep what it really is, but it makes it make sense at the end of the day. So for an ortho, they don't see as many patients as a general dentist. Mm -hmm. So one that's gonna be lower. Also, how do they receive their payments? Is it through PPO? Is it through private pay? Now, if it's through private pay, again, you're going to see less patients, but higher dollar amounts. Uh, where it's PPO, you might see more patients, smaller payouts. So that will drive the active patients as smaller. So it, you know, when we talk to our underwriters, right, I, I will talk to a dentist. We will go over everything. What's the transaction? We'll do a write-up and we'll tell the story. The story is really important. And we'll look through these numbers and we'll explain it. Well, why did rent go from $50,000 a year to $30,000 a year? I mean, it just doesn't happen. Rent is typically pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. Or why did it go more? Oh, well, I acquired the space next to me. I kind of expanded. Okay, that makes sense now. I understand what you're trying to do. But the underwriter doesn't do that because they're sitting, you know, looking at all the numbers. We need to explain it. And sometimes they'll point out stuff that we maybe missed in part of our write-up. But uh, that's essentially, yeah, how, how we like to kind of communicate thank you sir awesome Thanks. so uh before we wrap up sam can you tell uh the listeners why they should work with with you you know i, I really appreciate that i i always like to say one is any uh referral to me from somebody is really the greatest compliment that you can really get someone is entrusting you to work with you i've been doing banking for as long as i can remember since i was 18 
So I've been doing it and uh, I like to consider myself an old, uh, old school kind of banker. When I mean that, not in a bad way, but in a good way, it mean I love relationships. I love talking dentistry, medical, veterinarian. It's really about helping the client, putting the client first. I like to put my shoes and their shoes to kind of understand where they're coming from. And, you know, I, and I'm truly blessed to be working at a great company that understands practice finance. They, they, they look to try to help approve clients rather than look for ways to decline them, which is a completely different mindset um, than many other institutions. So whether it's through uh, conventional financing or even using SBA to kind of help, um, we're always looking for a way to help clients. And I would hope people would appreciate the value added that I try to present. What not just on the financing aspect, but opening my Rolodex to introducing them to the contacts, my industry knowledge, um, really just trying to help make them successful. And, then, and that's the goal at the end of the day. And, and honestly, when someone looks and they do buy a practice, it's really nice to kind of be there at the closing because it's a big deal. You know, they, they, you know, they spent a lot of money and they booked, this is their baby. And, and it's really an honor to like help them see them through that process. Awesome. So for all the, all those who are listening, uh, we're going to put Sam's contact information in the description so that when you or your friends or family have a practice they want to purchase, please reach out to Sam and he'll be happy to help you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Sam. Pleasure. Thank you, Sam. Uh, thank you, guys. I'm honored to be on your show. Thank you, Sam. Pleasure. You've been a, you've been a delight. Um, as they said down south, you know your stuff. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you so much. And it's, uh, you know, it's really great talking to you and you guys doing what you guys are doing and helping people and giving them information. You know, that's, uh, it's rewarding at the end of the day. You know, if you do good, good comes to reward you in other ways. And so I truly believe in that. And so you guys are very good people. Thank you, sir. Hey, Leland Baptist here. And if you're looking to add investments to your portfolio, maybe something outside of the stock market, something you can put your hands on, that could be an established business. It can also be uh, investment real estate, okay? But you're having trouble because maybe you need a team. You're realizing that you can't do it all on your own. You need people to help you with the analysis, the acquisition, the strategies, the capital raising. Heck, you just need help, right? Well, if that's the case, you're in luck. We have a program in a group called Asset Builders Club. Asset Builders Club or ABC. And if this sounds like something that has great interest for you, then all you have to do is this. Go to assets2freedom.com. That is assets2freedom.com. A-S-S-E-T-S, the number two, freedom.com. And we'll see you on the inside.